This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, July 7th, 2013. Classic Hits Volume 1, Running on Empty. Wow. Yeah. Good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where you want us to laugh and to connect with you, Lord. Uh, Thank you for your word found in Scripture. Now, God, just settle us in so that we can experience you and learn and be changed and transformed. I pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered sad. Amen. So July is Classic Hits Month here at Connection Community Church. And uh, each week we'll take one uh, classic hit from the secular world and we'll uh, have some fun with that with the band. They did a great job, didn't they? Huh? Yeah. And uh, we'll take a look at that uh, song and see what uh, we might glean from it in terms of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So we start today with Running On Empty, one of my all-time, all-time favorite songs. I just love the way the music and the different instrumentation and that. And we first heard that song, um, it may have been the first time it was performed, with, performed or on the, on the concert tour, first time it was performed, August the 27th, 1977. Uh, 1977, Carrie was just three at the time. Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. If you ever listened to the original recording of that, we were at the concert where that, that was recorded. And at the beginning, there's like crowd noise before it actually starts. And if you, you don't even have to listen that close. You hear the voice of Carrie back in that day, Carrie Craft, screaming for Jackson Brown. It's coming through. That's right. I was a huge Jackson Brown fan. I've been to 11 Jackson Brown concerts. Oh, anybody else a Jackson Brown fan here? Yeah, yeah, love them. Okay, so 36... All of our our kids raised Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't have a choice. (laughs) It's been 36 years since we attended the concert and first heard that song. But, you know, things haven't changed a whole lot. You see, we are still running on empty. We're still running on empty. Not enough time not enough money, not enough energy, and so we run just like Forrest Gump was running, running, running in that, and we come up short. We are running on empty. You know, the funny thing is we know running on empty isn't really a good thing most days, and yet we continue to do it. I mean, like the car companies, they've tried to help us out, and you're on your gas gauge. Isn't there a little light there that just extra special tells you Get some gas! You know what I'm talking about? Mine's yellow. In fact, it came on this morning on the way in and faint and fall out. I did stop and fill the tank up, but I don't always do that. And don't you sometimes look at the little yellow light and say, okay, I wish I just knew exactly how much more was in the tank. And they say, 20 miles a gallon. Okay, Ike, do you ever do that? Just trying to get every last little ounce before just stopping and getting some gas. Or when the... How about when you're, um, the needle is right even with that empty line? You know what I'm talking about? And you start going like, um, let's see, how would it work now? Going like this, down in the seat so that it looks like the needle. It's got to be, now, if I get that, so, as though 
your line of sight is going to change how much gas is in the tank. Can I get an amen? Okay, good. I'm not the only crazy person out here. Ha- but- has anybody here run out of gas before, really? Okay, so we're... More, what, more than once? Two hands? Three times? <laughs> Hello. Not a good thing. That we don't prob- learn, do we? We, don't, we never learn. Probably the most, one of our most memorable was when we were moving from Seaford up to Middletown, <laughs> and, and Alan and my dad and our son-in-law, Ted, they were in this big, large, 26-foot yeah. truck, and they, like... Loaded. It was loaded with all our it stuff. It was loaded with all of our life, and they just sort of ran out of gas, and they coasted in on fumes to that gas to pump. pump. That was really... That was, I was blessed that day because you know how guys, your father-in-law already thinks you're an idiot, right? No. Trust me, they do. <laughs> they might not say it. They might not say it, but you know, most days they're going, look at this guy. Anyway, and then you, if I had run out of gas even two feet before the pump, can you imagine? Have you ever pushed a 26-foot truck loaded with all your belongings even the two it doesn't work i'm gonna follow um, so i was blessed that day but it doesn't always work that way like the time i was coming home from smyrna route one carrie <laughs> i'm almost home but not quite <laughs> can you come get me bring me some gas thank goodness there was some in the little gas can in the garage so she didn't have to stop and she didn't have to drive all the way down smyrna get on one and come back she, there was a little side road that i Went down the ditch over the fence and, and all. And reached over. Reached over and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so some days, you know, yeah. thank goodness my father-in-law wasn't in the car that day, though. You know, it was just me. It was just so, me. So we've spent a lot of time, well, we've spent a lot of time laughing about and this. And um, <laughs> running out of gas. But truly, isn't that what happens to us in our real-life stuff? You know, we convince ourselves that we are self-sufficient that we don't need anybody, that we're uh, independent, I can make it on my own, and then we run out of gas because we are not meant to be on our own. We are meant to be in community with one another. That's how God designed it. We are not designed to be lone rangers. We're designed to have people come alongside of us in good times and in the challenging times. Um, gosh, I lost my place. I'm sorry. Um, we're reminded. I'm just so fascinated by what you're saying. I lost my place. We're reminded of how important it is to have one another. You know, like when I had to call Carrie for the gas, it would have been an awful long walk from Route 1, right? We're, but we're reminded of that, how we need one another repeatedly through Scripture. But we've picked out a story today that, that really points us out. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village calling the twelve, that's his disciples, those closest to him, uh, he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. And so we see here where Jesus sent people out two by two to do kingdom work. He didn't send them out alone, but in pairs. There was companionship. 
togetherness. And, and it's certainly not by accident because, I mean, take a look. He said, take nothing except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an... I mean, they couldn't even take a clean T-shirt. I mean, they had nothing but Christ and one another. We tend to run on empty when we try to be lone rangers. There's a great scripture that's found in Ecclesiastes 4 that really talks about this. Can you say this with me? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If neither of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, um, the scripture is so true, but sometimes it takes more than just another human being when we're truly running on empty. Here's what happened when Jesus' followers, uh, his disciples, returned from their mission trip where they'd gone two by two. Here's what happens. The apostles, or also disciples, or close followers of Jesus, gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. <coughs> Excuse me. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he, Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So there's a, a key thing that we see right in Scripture. When we're running on empty, it's important to get some rest, get some time away. You know, God designed the week in seven days, and God's commandment is to take one of those days and rest and focus. That's a really hard thing to do. I, I admit that. But that's what God tells us. It's not really an option. Rest doesn't always mean sleep, although sleep is so important because studies show without adequate rest, our bodies just end up getting really, really sick. Um, I know, oh, I, can, I only need four hours of sleep. Well, try that for a while, and you're going to end up plummeting. It's important to get rest. It's important to get sleep. On the other hand, um, rest may simply mean getting away from your tightly packed schedule. Uh, it may mean doing something that is a break from the, from the every day. It may mean allowing yourself to slow down a little bit. We say, but if I slow down, I won't get it all done. Yeah, but if you don't slow down, you might break down, and then you're going to get even less done. Uh, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Trust me. Somebody, what happened if you died today? Somehow, the world would continue to turn. You see what I'm saying? Uh, not to be harsh, but we think, oh, I got to do No, you don't. Take some time. It's, it's designed that way. It may allow yourself to slow down a little bit, allow yourself to focus on something other than your to-do list. That's not mean to ignore it totally, but to take some time. It also means especially you maybe get away from your workload occasionally, but especially it means to take some time to focus on God, to focus on God. So that point of almost total breakdown when we're running on empty, that's actually where I was on Friday. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you, like when you feel like you're unraveling, but that's really where I was. And what that looks like for me is that, like, my brother, ooh, my brother just, like, looked at my face, and he said, Kara, you all right? And, I mean, that one word just made me begin to um, 
I got really emotional, and I needed a couple hours, actually, to get away, to sit on the porch, to commune with God, to read scripture. I was actually reading this message, running on empty. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm preaching about this, and this is exactly where I was. Funny what happens when we really call out to God just when we need it, God sends someone. I got a text, I got an email, people to the rescue right away. We are not meant to be lone rangers. But not only that, we are meant to retreat and try to get into a quiet place. That's what we find in the scripture where um, Jesus said, well, come on, let's get away, let's get in the boat, let's get some quiet time. And so they did, the boys and Jesus. What happened, though, is that people saw them getting into the boat, so they run to the shore to meet them on the other side. Jesus looked at them and had compassion on them. Scripture says that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Isn't that us sometimes when we run, 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 and we forget who is there for us, with us, to guide us, to lead us, to give us rest? We're like sheep without a shepherd, even though... Our shepherd is always there. Well, in the scripture, at the end of the day, uh, there were thousands there. Everybody was hungry. It was dinner time. And so Jesus told his disciples to feed this crowd of thousands. They didn't have many resources. They had just um, five loaves of bread and two fish. Some of you know the story. Jesus transformed that thousands of people were fed And when the meal was over, there were 12 baskets of leftovers. You know, some days when we're we're running on empty, even when we try to get away, uh, when we try to find that place of rest, it's very difficult, just like it was for the disciples. You know, people ran around and beat them to the rest spot, and and they didn't get a whole, whole lot of rest. Sometimes our responsibilities follow us. And, And it's very tough sometimes to get away as the disciples found. At the same time, though, I have a feeling that was a great opportunity for the disciples to get to see Jesus in action, to see what extraordinary things Jesus can do with the ordinary things we give him. Even though the disciples were spent in need of rest, running on empty, as we would say today, I have a feeling that their tanks were at least a little bit filled when they saw what Jesus did with the loaves and fishes. I know I would have been like cranked up watching that in action. Uh, when, When they saw what Jesus did to feed this crowd of thousands, when they saw what Jesus was able to do with what little bit they had to give him. So when we're running on empty, we not only need rest, we need to connect with Christ. We should really be connected all the time, but sometimes we tend to kind of stray a little bit. There's a scripture that is an incredible scripture for this message. It's Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I was sitting on my porch reading this scripture, just trying to breathe in this scripture. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want to put this scripture kind of in context, put it in uh, the time and place where it was. You see, uh, and from what I've read in many commentaries, Jesus would have been sp- speaking to the Jews here. And, and it's hard for us to, I think, fully appreciate uh, where they're at because he's not just talking to those who are burdened down by work or burdened down by maybe even sin, but those Jews who are burdened down by the law, the spiritual laws that they've been And not just the law, but the Pharisees and the scribes who's made it their role to, to enforce that law, to see that that law is, is, is um, followed to the very letter sometimes to the ridiculous, to the letter of the law, sometimes way beyond the spirit of the law. Um, from what I read uh, in the Torah, which is uh, the, the law, but for us it would be like the first five books of our Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, it's calculated that there were 613 commandments. I'm feeling a burden right now, just when uh, 613 things that I've got to keep in mind, that I need to know about, that I would have to have been able to follow. 248 were positive, 365 for, were negative. Isn't that convenient? One for every day of the year, okay? And, and so they're trying to keep these laws. They're trying to be honoring to these laws, these rules and regulations, and the Pharisees are, are hounding them to, to follow them to the absolute letter of the law, which sometimes they've interpreted way, 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 way stricter then that law maybe even have, had been intended. <clears throat> and, and so that's who Jesus is speaking to. Now, for us, we, most of us, is anybody here trying to follow the 613 Old Testament laws to Bless the letter you. and beyond? No, that, that's not who we are. But, and yet, we still, we do try to follow uh, God's law, right? We follow the commandments. We try to do what's right. We try to, <coughs> excuse me, in addition to that, do what we're expected to in terms of our job and our family and doing the right thing trying to make a difference here at church, trying to make a difference in God's kingdom. And when we do all that, even if we're not trying to focus in on 613 commandments, don't you sometimes feel a little bit tired? Don't you sometimes feel a little bit weary? And I hate to use the word, but even don't you sometimes feel a little bit even burdened by what we're expected or called to do? That's where we're at. And it's tough. It's tough. And so Jesus offers us rest, and he uses the analogy of a yoke. A yoke, that's not anything we really are tuned into today, but this yoke is a wooden harness that was used um, on oxen to pull plows and the like. And when Jesus says, his yoke is easy, my yoke is easy, Jesus says, the um, underlying meaning for yoke is kind. My yoke is is kind, one that would be easy, a yoke that would fit well when it's over the oxen, one that where the wood would be carefully cut so that the oxen isn't chafed or hurt in any way. Such a yoke would be tailor-made for the oxen. Well, that would make sense since Jesus is a carpenter and he would know exactly how to make a perfectly fit, kind, gentle yoke. Yeah. So if that yoke is custom fit to the oxen and it it fits like it should, you know, it's like anything on you. If it fits like it should, it's not going to rub, raw, chafe, 
or cause problems, right? Now, when Jesus says this, when he says, his yoke is easy, what he's kind of saying to us is that that we're called to do kingdom work. What God calls us to do has been custom-fitted to who we are. The yoke that God might be placing on our shoulders around our, for us to be has been custom-fitted to the, to the spiritual gifts you've been given, to the temperament that you've been given, to the way you've been wired, just like that custom-fitted yoke on the oxen where it's not meant to chafe, it's not meant to be a burden, and, and even when it's a challenge, it still isn't going to be that, 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 that bad because it's been fitted to who you are and what you've been designed to do and who you've been designed to be. Um, through our gifts and graces, through our talents and temperaments, and especially through the strength that we get from God, that, that yoke that Jesus is talking about custom fits to you and mine custom fits to me. The really cool thing about this image, too, is that the oxen were, they were yoked in pairs. They generally weren't alone. And Jesus says to us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Perhaps what Jesus is trying to tell us is that Jesus yokes himself with us that we're not just hanging out there, that we put on the yoke of Christ, and Christ is right here with us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the joys are or the struggles are. And when we yoke ourselves with Christ, we will find rest for our souls. Mm-hmm. Who here has been... Uh yoked up a couple oxen recently and plowed a field. Anybody? I had a woman from last year said, if you'd said horses, yes. <laughs> but, okay, so that's not an image that rings with it. It did with at Jesus' day because that's what they use. You know, we use tractors now, but they use they the, the beasts of burden there. But you can imagine, if you have two oxen yoked up and this wooden yoke that's been custom designed, but here's a challenge. What if those oxen are independently minded and they decide that they're going to go in opposite directions that's not a good thing is it they're not going to go very far they're going to be using all their energy to not do what they're supposed to be doing and you're not going to get a whole lot of plowing done are you when they're working against each other so let's flip that into this, uh, what Carrie just shared. If we're yoked with Jesus, if Jesus yokes himself with us, if we're yoked together and we're constantly trying to go in a direction other than where Christ is going, you see what I'm getting at here? We're not going to be getting much plowing done, are we? Not much kingdom plowing. We're not going to get much kingdom seed work done because we're going this way and Jesus is saying go this way. So we've got to be working together. Now, here's the really important question. Who should be kind of leading the way here? Jesus or me? It's like a duh. Jesus knows everything, and I know virtually nothing. So, hello, wouldn't it make sense for us to kind of say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to kind of 
uh, we're going to be plowing this thing together, but you need to lead the way because you know where we're going. Does that make sense? So, you know, if we're working against Jesus, that yoke is not going to be easy and that burden is not going to be light. But if we're following his lead and we've got this custom-fitted yoke that, that, that is designed for what God's calling us to do and we're following where Jesus is leading us, then the, uh, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. And so just to, to reiterate here, God has designed us not to be lone rangers. Remember that when we run out of gas, we need to call somebody to, to help us out. We've been designed to be in community. We've been designed to be in relationship with each other. We've been designed to also to take time apart, to find quiet places for rest. And here's an interesting word for you, recreation. If you break it down, that word is recreation. It's time that allows us, allows God to recreate in us his image. You see that? A renewal through recreation, recreation. And he's designed us to find that rest in Jesus Christ, to exchange our trials and tribulations, our challenges, and, and all that for this opportunity to be yoked with him, to follow his direction and to be working in where God's calling us to work with Christ right there, and so that our burden is easy. What's that other word? Uh, kind. Kind. And our, uh, the yoke is kind, and the burden is light. light. The burden is light. So the ultimate answer to running on empty, of course, we're in church, <laughs> it's Jesus Christ, right? That's the ultimate answer. And what he has to offer and how we can yoke with him. That's the good news. We're called to live it. Believe it. So let's pray. Holy God. <laughs> we tend to run on empty. We try to run on our own steam and then we run out. Please give us strength, Lord. And please help us to know that we need one another, but we most especially need you through Jesus Christ. Please help us remember we're yoked with him, and when we are, when we go his direction, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. We ask these things in Christ and in the power of your Holy Spirit, All Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.